and this is Reverend Billy here talking to you. I'm, I'm recording this in my iPhone. I have no idea how it's going to turn out, so I'll just try to talk big and clear. But what do I have to say? It's not clear. <laughs> we, are, we are in the midst of war, and the fog of war is toxic in this case. It just, it's blinding us. And the children continue to die. And it's our tax money. And it's our witness. We feel a responsibility to do something. Well, right now, I just want to talk to you and I want to listen to you. I want that radio beyond radio. That clarity. That meaning that we have to make together. Where peace is, is for human beings to seek. And peace is is for all of life to seek. A few radio shows ago, uh, a few Earth riots ago, we listed a long list of Earth life forms. Birds and reptiles and bacteria and butterflies who are endangered and who are in the area where our taxes are converted into horrific violence. Well, this week... We have an elder speak to us, John Trudell, the spokesperson in Alcatraz for the American Indian Movement when they seized Alcatraz. A person that I've had time to be with in my life, I was able to, to be with him and present him when I lived in San Francisco uh, at Life on the Water Theater. Well... His wisdom comes to us about our bodies, about our souls, about, about our, our intelligence is an interesting thing to say about that portal into solutions, into peace, through this gift of creative thought, something we, we don't think about sometimes. Well, here we go. I'm... I'm ready to take this ride with you. Contact us. Talk to us. Earthalooya.
and I don't know, I'm not going to call it deprogram ourselves. It's, to me, it's really an issue of how do we recognize ourselves. You know, we need to recognize that we're human beings. Recognize that we're human beings and, and, and our connection to the reality of power is in that identity, human. Our bone, flesh, and blood, our DNA, we're literally made up of the metals, minerals, and liquids of the earth. We're, shape, we're part of the earth, we're shapes of the earth, like everything of the earth. And we have being, our being, our spirit. You know, and, and that being comes from, from our relationship to the sun-sky universe. Because, I mean, sunlight's literally like the sperm that brings life to the water-bearing womb that is the earth. So this is our being is connected to that. And all things of the earth have being because we all have, we're all made up the same stuff, just arranged differently, have the same relationship to sun-sky universe. Being, we need to... So our, the reality of our relationship to power and purpose, so to speak, is in that identity. And, and now, so how do we recognize and, re, you know, get back to that identity? I don't have a specific... <laughs> I don't have a specific answer. But the closest I can say to it is that, is that if we would... Part of recognizing of ourselves is that to recognize our intelligence and understand the value of our intelligence. Because as human beings, our ability to access the reality of our power is in through clear and coherent use of our intelligence. See, our intelligence, that's the portal how we, we manifest and access the, our relationship into the reality of power as humans, is through, uh, through the use of our intelligence. But we've been imprinted and programmed, you know, I mean, basically, where we're at now in the evolution of human beings, we're, we're basically in a period of time in this, in this industrial technologic world where the majority of the human beings participate in this reality based upon their fears and their doubts and insecurities, so their perception of their inabilities. See, all that was imprinted in there to make us not recognize ourselves. And, and you know, and, and to understand the power and recognize the power of our intelligence as, let's say, through our fears and our doubts and our insecurities, how bad can we make ourselves feel? And how does that affect the people around us? Well, that's power. That's our power. That's a manifestation of our personal power. But we've been imprinted to use it in this kind of a way. But so we do have power. It's in how we recognize it and choose to direct it and use it. So I would say the first step to this is like recognize the value of our intelligence and the power of our intelligence. Because I think that any, any person or people that would be concerned about saving the earth and saving creation and have this type of an awareness, I, I, think, that it's, I think that a necessary component to that is to give thanks to their, however one perceives the creator, give thanks to the creator, number one, for life, and number two, for the gift of intelligence to show respect for this, maybe because we need to show respect to our intelligence and maybe it's a part of our thanks that we give on a, on a, on a daily basis, on a, in a ritualistic way.
From the natural world, I'm Savitri D. The Supreme Court has gutted the Clean Water Act. Writing for five justices of the court, Justice Samuel Alito ruled that the Clean Water Act extends only to those wetlands with a continuous surface connection to bodies that are waters of the United States in their own right, so that they are indistinguishable from those waters. Some environmental groups and legal experts estimate that the decision will remove federal protection from half of all wetlands in the continental United States. According to estimates, the decision will prevent the EPA from placing federal protections on as many as 118 million acres of wetlands, an area larger than the landmass of California. The ruling is expected to give farmers, home builders, and other developers far more latitude to disturb lands previously regulated under the Clean Water Act. The ruling affects one of the EPA's most fundamental authorities, its ability to protect upstream waters in order to protect downstream water quality for drinking supplies and wildlife. Experts say greater development upstream could result in silt and pollutants damaging downstream waters and habitat, and reduce the flood control and groundwater recharge benefits of protected wetlands. A devastating 2005 flood that killed 1,000 people in the Indian city of Mumbai was blamed on a tragically simple problem. Plastic bags had blocked storm drains, stopping monsoon flood water from draining out of the city. Now a new report attempting to quantify this problem estimates that 218 million of the world's poorest people are at risk from more severe and frequent flooding caused by plastic waste. The number is equivalent to the population of the UK, France, and Germany combined. About 41 million of those are children, older people, and people with disabilities, the report found. Three quarters of those most at risk live in Southeast Asia and the Pacific region. Plastic waste pollution has doubled in the last decade and is predicted to triple by 2060. Only 9% of plastic is recycled globally. The most commonly observed plastic items blocking drainage systems were bottles, nylon threads from the fishing industry, plastic bags, and sachets. The study said the accumulation of plastic pollution could cause the water level to rise by one meter within the first hour of a flood. 53% of the world's largest freshwater lakes are in decline, storing less water than they did three decades ago, according to a new study. The study analyzed satellite observations dating back decades to measure changes in water levels in nearly 2,000 of the world's biggest lakes and reservoirs. It found that climate change, human consumption, and sedimentation are responsible. 
German police on Wednesday carried out raids across seven states targeting climate activists of the Letze generation, which has sparked controversy with protesters gluing themselves to roads to block traffic. The raids were ordered in an investigation targeting seven people aged 22 to 38 over suspicions of forming or supporting a criminal organization. Fifteen properties were searched, two accounts seized, and an asset freeze ordered. The suspects are accused of organizing a donations campaign to finance further criminal acts. The activists argue that their protests are vital in the face of inadequate action taken by the government and society in general to protect the environment and prevent catastrophic global warming. Astronomers have discovered an Earth-sized exoplanet, or a world beyond our solar system, that may be carpeted with volcanoes. Called LP79118D, the planet could undergo volcanic outbursts as often as Jupiter's moon Io, the most volcanically active body in our solar system. The global loss of wildlife is significantly more alarming than previously thought, according to a new study that found almost half the planet's species are experiencing rapid population declines. The main factor is the destruction of wild landscapes to make way for farms, towns, cities, and roads. But climate change is also an important driver of species decline, and is predicted to have an increasingly worse impact as the world warms. The study's authors analyzed more than 70,000 species across the globe, spanning mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, fish, and insects, to determine whether their populations have been growing, shrinking, or remaining steady over time. They found 48% of these species are declining in population size, with fewer than 3% seeing increases. Under certain circumstances, Trifophyllum peltatum, a rare tropical plant, develops into a carnivore. Trifophyllum peltatum is a unique plant, native to the tropics of West Africa. It is the only known plant in the world that can become a carnivore under certain circumstances. Its menu then includes small insects, which it captures with the help of adhesive traps in the form of secretion drops. Around 200,000 people have been displaced due to flash flooding in central Somalia as the Shebel River bursts its bank and submerged roads. Almost 40% of forest area burned by wildfire in the western United States and southwestern Canada in the last 40 years can be attributed to carbon emissions associated with the world's 88 largest fossil fuel producers and cement manufacturers, according to new research that seeks to hold oil and gas companies accountable for their role in climate change. Up until relatively recently, the public posture of the climate science community was that no individual extreme event could be attributed to global warming. That changed in the early 2000s, and extreme event attribution has since become a robust subfield of climate science. A new global study shows that both conservation and farming production can improve when women farmers are more involved in decision-making. The study, published in the journal Communications, Earth, and Environment, aimed to look at the effectiveness of paying farmers monetary incentives to protect the environment, but found that such payments are not necessarily reliable. More reliable are women's decision-making roles. The findings add to a growing body of research about women and decision-making in agriculture. Yet globally, women hold a minority of leadership positions, particularly in environmental sectors. Individual fish in schools scatter in unison when a predator is in their midst. Such precisely coordinated group movements and immobility during threats have long been observed in insects and mammals. Now a brain pathway has been discovered that enables individual animals to rapidly coordinate a unified response with no rehearsal required. 
Examples of coordinated defensive responses in nature are numerous. Oxen, for example, form a circle when they face a threat. Synchronization under threat is an evolutionary conserved survival mechanism and occurs across species, including humans. Researchers studied parts of the brain that process and remember fear and social information, and they found that a specific connection between two parts of the brain, the ventral hippocampus and basolateral amygdala, plays an important role in coordinating behavior when faced with a threat. And now, the sounds of extinction. York groundsel. York groundsel was a cheerful yellow flower that slipped into global extinction in 1991, thanks to overzealous application of weed killer in the city of its name. But now, the urban plant has been brought back to life in the first ever de-extinction in Britain, and it's flowering once again along the railways of York. The species of groundsel was only ever found around the city and only evolved into its own species in the past century after non-native Oxford ragwort hybridized with native groundsel. York groundsel was discovered growing in the car park of York Railway Station in 1979 and was the first new species to have evolved in Britain for 50 years, thriving on railway sidings and derelict land. But the new plant's success was short-lived as urban land was tidied up and chemicals applied to remove flowers dismissed as weeds. It was last seen in the wild in 1991. Fortunately, researchers kept three small plants in pots on a windowsill in the University of York. These short-lived annual plants soon died, but they produced a precarious pinch of seed, which was lodged at Kew's Millennium Seed Bank. In February, six grams of seed, potentially thousands of plants, were sown into special plots around York. This week, the first plants in the wild for 32 years began to flower, bringing color to the streets and railway sidings of York. And hear the sounds of the railway where York groundsel thrives. Yeah. 
again time to say thank you and goodbye for now here at the end of the year we have a special a special regard for Savitri in the news from the natural world and Jason Candler our editor who also is the saxophonist for the fiery eagles of justice um, my compatriots in free jazz with a political bent over the years, Brendan Burke on drums, the Stop Shopping Choir, much thanks to Sundar Ganglani, Leila Adu, Gregory Corbino, Ali Deneen, 
Shilpa Narayan, Francisca Benitez. A wonderful um, gathering of souls in the Church of Stop Shopping. We're just endlessly grateful to these people because they, they, they sing up the storm with earth lyrics. The ecstatic environmentalism is, is made real in the earth church rituals. And then, and then the same people go out and risk arrest with us. And it just feels so great. It feels so honest. Dealing with this culture in, in, in a way that reveals its crime. You're pointing it out in an honest way. You're not doing something by way of marketing, by way of graphics, by way of some kind of long-range, eventually diluted of all politics, COP28 approach. But, but rather, you're in real space, in real time. The people around you, on the streets, the customers in banks, the executives and the, the security people, the people that tell their windows of the, of, the, of the banks that finance climate change and climate disasters, um, the immediacy. Then you try to make media out of it to extend the media in immediacy <laughs> outward towards, towards other people who may not be there in person with you, but the, the, that honesty is just what... Finally, it's, it's the path towards the truth, telling the truth about what's happening that is the revolution. It's how you, see how you, you sail by that compass. You keep going in the right direction because of identifying who the criminals are. The Citibank, Black Rocks, J.P. Morgan Chase, the Walmarts, the Starbucks, the, the people who are doing the damage, you identify who they are, and then you find a way to take your theatrical, your dramatic impulse. Uh, and what, what's with that impulse? Discipline. The hard work of making a great song, or characters, signs, costumes doing the work to make it effective, sharing that, going to jail for a while if you have to, spending some time in court if you have to, but taking that risk, we just have a great, a great group of people willing to do that. I think, they'll, I think this group of people will be, be remembered for a long time. And what help you give us is very much appreciated. And we hope that if you send some, some money our way through the donation button on the website, if you do that, come to RevBilly.com. We hope that you participate with us, that you eventually, when we come to your town, that we can be with you. When we came to New Orleans, when we came to Portland, San Francisco, thinking of, thinking of towns where we have Chicago, where the Church of Stop Shopping has come in one of our buses. We're on the train. I try to stay out of the, the jets. But when we do show up, having friends on the ground there to greet us, people who have supported us through time, 
That's a good feeling. We hope that you will join our extended community of ecstatic environmentalists. This is Reverend Billy, just, just, just talking in a way that we don't often talk, just a direct address, just asking for money right up front. We've, we've got the rehearsal studios, we've got the, the renting, the performance space, we've got musicians, and we've got court costs, marketing costs, media costs. We've got, we, we're always punching so far above our weight, and we need your help. This is Reverend Billy in New York City, full of gratitude in advance. Yeah. Earthaluya. Thank you. Be safe and wild. <laughs>